Hi everybody, Dr. Amy Spolster here. I wanna give you a quick little tip. We just got done with like a more of a clinical lesson for the doctors, but I wanna give doctors and parents um, a quick little tip on how to navigate um, with your child, with your family, if you are starting to see deflections that are just popping up seemingly out of nowhere. And when I say deflections, I mean like behaviors, things that you thought were gone and now they're back, um, socialization challenges, developmental challenges, academics challenges, uh, tics, OCD, anxiety, these type of things that seem to be just one, where they come from out of nowhere and or they were gone and then they kind of came back at this time. So I want to give you kind of a help you develop a tool bag for knowing how to be an investigator and start to navigate this stuff. One, we understand that behaviors or challenges um, are a window into the brain. When we can understand that a behavior is a window into what tools we're using um, to process our world. Therefore, like if my primary tool is moving my body, so movement touch base, um, because of where I am in processing or, or, or development, if my primary tool is movement touch base, then I'm going to move my body a lot and I'm going to touch things. And when I'm avoiding or deflecting, I may have like a need to move. I may need to do touch or movement things to reduce the complexity of my world. Therefore, I may look hyperactive. I may look impulsive. I may look like I have a motor tick or movement tick or a need to you know, pop my fingers um, joints or, you know, do this with my hands or wash my hands compulsively or things like that or touch everybody. That is a window into a primary processing tool of being in the movement touch realm. Doesn't mean we don't have other processing tools for this individual, but that's a window into that's their primary way, most sophisticated way to process their world. Now, maybe we weren't seeing those things, but then the stressors or demands of, of life, of, you know, function inside our body and therefore, you know, from life, physical, chemical, and emotional stressors and socialization stressors, academic stressors, those increased. And because those increased, if I didn't have the ability to meet those demands or adapt in a resilient and adaptable way inside my brain and my body, I may have dropped down in my and, and kind of regressed or lost some of my efficiency at the moment to use more sophisticated tools and therefore I dropped more into the movement touch let's say in this example and we started seeing more of that behavior again so we started seeing I wasn't seeing that and now my child's really hyperactive again they're moving their body a ton they're you know biting their nails a ton they're they're having to wash their hands a ton. They have this movement motor tick that's come back. And it could be auditory realm or other realms, but for this example, we're talking movement. So we saw, either we've always seen this or we saw that it was better and then it came back. This is where we get to be investigators. We have to understand to, we have to be able to look at two real things. One, how do I build resilience and adaptability to help this child or this individual remain resilient and, re and move through development and, and maintain sophisticated tools to meet the demands? Or is it an inappropriate demand, right? Um, so how do we, what do we do? What tools do we do? What actions do we take to help them be more resilient to stress? One, that's where the chiropractic comes in, neuro-based chiropractic. We're looking at input processing output, resilience and adaptability. Um, that's where diet comes in and improves resilience and adaptability. If we're inflamed, if we have all these um, things taxing our body, our neuroimmune system, we're not going to be as resilient or adaptable. So this would be the time to tighten it up in those two fronts. And two, we have to look at demand. 
So we're looking at improving resilience and adaptability, which allows us to maintain our most efficient tools to process the world and not pull in and therefore see behaviors. And two, we have to look at the demand. Is the demand appropriate academically, socially, lifestyle-wise? Is the demand or the ask, the demand being placed on this child appropriate or do we have to modify that? So improve resilience with some of the tools, chiropractic, dietary, lifestyle things, and assess demand to determine, do I need to change the demand? Do I need to lower the demand? Do I need to modify the demand, even if it's temporary, so that the tools meet the demand and therefore we see a decrease in the behavior? Remember, there's always a reason for behavior. We must be investigators as parents and clinicians to understand how to ask the two big questions to help an individual be as efficient as possible and engage and connect with their world as efficiently as possible. Um, and that would be one, how is this individual, how is this child processing their world? What are their tools that they're using to process their world? And two, are there any alterations in the way the brain is receiving, processing, and sending information? And if that's the case, that's gonna impact the tools. All right, chiropractors, um, educators, parents, this is a really important tool um, and concept, and this just gives you the simplicity to start thinking about what do I do what are some of the questions I ask as I start to sort through how to best support the children I'm working with right now?